Hey folks, this is Zach Many here at Flippin' Out Pinball, uh, welcoming you to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, catch me on Twitch, it's going to be uh, twitch.tv slash flippinoutpinball. Now here's your host, Ian Rodriguez. Welcome back, everybody. I don't know how long the layover's been, but it's been a long time. It has. This lockdown is uh, excruciating. It's excruciating. We have had zero gym days in 60 days at least, so that's 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 the only time I really get to go podcast. That and that's obviously due uh, to the fact that there's been quite next to nothing in the way of pinball news. Um, no machines released nothing really happening um so yeah this lockdown is kind of rotten but i guess they're opening california back up now so i'm glad to hear that i walk around without a mask because um I, I, if i get sick i'll be i don't mean to sound proud or arrogant but if i get sick i'm sure i'll be all right uh i'm not elderly i'm not uh immune immunity challenged and i have no autoimmune disorders so here's to opening america here's to keeping our country and recovering our country and the economy that benefits us all. And here's to pinball making a grand resurgence after such a down time. I think that um, March came and went, of course. April came and went. Those were those were release game, game release days, game release months, I should say. Um, and then May is just about over. So three months and how many releases? One. That being heist, um, I'm, <clears throat> I've been, I've been working from home, right, and I've been uh, trying to maintain some semblance of normalcy. And it's been tough. I don't know how tired of Zoom calls you are, but I'm getting really fed up with Zoom calls. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to go back to my office. I want to work with my team. I want to work in the office where I'm most productive. I've been working at home to to the sounds of screaming children trying to host conference calls with children screaming in the background as if they're being uh, hurt or harmed in some way. I'm not kidding. My daughter's screams are audible from 100 yards away. Uh, so imagine being 30 feet away, even behind a garage door, and trying to hold a Zoom meeting with uh, members of your team at work. It's not a lot of fun. But everybody understands. It's kind of cool. We're all stuck in the same boat. We're all stuck with the same problems, and we're all dealing with them accordingly. So. Um, everything's great here in SoCal. The weather's getting warm. The pool days are ever increasing. The days are getting longer. Summer is just around the corner and we are planning, uh, planning a big summer. So welcome back. Thanks for joining me. This is Ian Rodriguez in the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast, bringing, uh, you live, uh, coming at you live, I should say. It's been a while, guys. I'm kind of rusty. Coming at you live on, what is it? Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. This is episode I don't know. Thank you to Zach Many for introducing the show. We've got quite a few things to talk about. A lot of it's personal, but let's start with the the market stuff. Um, I guess there's rumblings that JJP is coming out real soon with uh, Guns N' Roses. I don't know how accurate that is, but if you uh, listen to podcasts and hear what the media is saying, you're gonna you, you possibly buy it. Maybe you don't, but uh, that's something to talk about. I don't know when we'll get it. But let's all hope that it's soon. 
And I don't know what JJP's doing. They're obviously moving their their manufacturing center to Chicago. So that's going to I think that's going to create a significant delay. I think that these these assumptions of a uh, May release or a June release of the new title is going to be I think they're going to be way off. Um, you know, obviously I predicted JJP in March coming out with their game. And I think I said it before anybody knew about their move to Chicago. So um, that was a big secret, evidently. And now that they're anticipating a new release, I think that that's just going to be unrealistic. So I think everybody's just going to wait around and hold on to their money as usual. Um, In this coronavirus pandemic situation, that's pretty much what everybody's doing, at least by my estimation. Um, Lucky for me, and this is off topic from the market stuff, but personally... I liquidated three games in the last 40 days. I sold Wizard of Oz, Firepower, and F-14. Or, excuse me, I sold Wizard of Oz, Laser Ball, and F-14, which was a trade for Firepower. All in the span of the last 30 to 40 days. Um, Obviously, to pay for Heist. I I, I was mentioning I've got to liquidate some assets here to pay for this game, and I did. And I couldn't believe how lucky I got, really, in liquidating them because of this this current situation. So I'm really grateful that it worked out and now we are sort of back to square one and back in the green on the uh, on the pinball ledger. And uh, But I'll get into Heist in a minute. Let's go back to the market stuff. Deep Root, no word on what they're doing, how they're doing it, when they're doing it. Um, California Extreme is the next show. I don't think anybody releases games there, but it would be super cool if they kept the show on in July. And we got to go up there and play something new. I don't, I don't know for sure, but um, we'll see. Uh, to update you on the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California, we have no new date for Arcade Expo 6.0. I don't believe there will be one because it gets really hot in Banning, California, as you may know. And it would be unreasonable to try to hold the, the event in June, um, probably based on the, the problem of the pandemic still being sort of a, a lingering situation. And then in July, no way. In August, forget it. September, no way. It's just too hot up there. It doesn't really cool down in the desert out here in Southern California until October, uh, late September and, you know, early October. And then October is when pinball madness is, of course. So I think what's going to happen, if anybody's looking for an answer there, is that pinball madness will be the next event at the uh, Museum of Pinball. So mark your calendars. It'll be mid-month, maybe the 20th-ish for pinball madness. That would be the fourth version no, the third version of Pinball Madness that we have held. So Pinball Madness 3.0 will be in October. I don't see any situation except for another pandemic that would change their scheduling of that event. They really need to hold the event. They need to generate some revenue. They need to you know, offset some of those costs. So that, that's a must-do for the Pinball Museum. And I'm really looking forward to getting another, another tech day soon. I don't know when that's going to happen. I've not received any word on that. But um, that's your sort of event update. Everything got canceled. Golden State Pinball Festival should have been last week. It obviously was not held. I hope that in this time of the pandemic, you guys are finding places and friends to play with. But um, it's probably pretty challenging if you don't have a network of game owners that you know. Um, I myself have tried to make my games available for my friends, some of my family. And uh, despite whatever they call the, uh, you know, the dangers of social gatherings, I, I've had a few gatherings, maybe five or six people. And it's been fun. We had a good time. So I, I'm, I'm grateful to, to provide that if I can and when I can to whoever wants to come play because I know it's, it's hard. You can't go play location pinball. So, you know. All right. So I, I've not been watching a lot of Twitch stuff. 
Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, the Twitch streamers are doing their thing right now and probably more of it than usual based on the pandemic and the lack of work. Um, but I've not been watching a whole bunch of it. I've been playing a ton of pinball. I have been uh, doing a lot of yard work. So we're sort of phasing into the, uh, the cool stuff section of my podcast here. And uh, I probably mentioned it before, but you know, doing projects in your homes, on your, your home is one of the best things ever. It's a lot of work, obviously, but it's a real blessing to be able to perform work on your own home and increase the value of it and, and enhance your own satisfaction with your home. And I've been doing nothing but house projects since the pandemic began and the shutdowns were ordered. I've been doing front and backyard projects. I've been doing, you know, what is it, removals, <laughs> just tearing out grass, putting in new material, planting plants, doing irrigation, doing rock doing concrete it's been it's been a lot of work but um and i'm just kind of reaching the end of my front yard right now but i'm really grateful and i think it's just really cool if you can gain the skills and the experience to to do those projects that that you're you're able to do them especially with everybody off work right now and sort of able to have free time to do those projects that's what i've been able to do and i'm grateful for that opportunity and my front yard is becoming a real masterpiece as we speak i've just got to kind of clean up some of the junk around here but Overall, um, I've been very, very busy with those projects, and we got the turf done in my backyard, so the pool is looking good with the turf, and then the front yard's a nice desert scape, which I did at my old house, too, and I'm just, uh, I'm pretty pleased. I'm, I'm not the best landscaper, but I can definitely, um, I can definitely dig, I can definitely place rock, I can definitely lift heavy objects, and I can, I can put a plant in the ground and make it live, so... Thank you to my dad for teaching me that when I was younger because um, he showed me everything that I now know about planting and irrigating and preserving life <laughs> underground there and making sure that your landscaping is well maintained and thriving and how to do that. So I was lucky uh, that my dad showed me that. And uh, you know, my dad wasn't very handy growing up. He couldn't really swing a hammer and he couldn't turn a wrench, but he could dig he could dig up big holes and put plants in the ground and plant plant grass and plant um, trees and perform irrigation work and he showed me how to do that so um, I learned what I could from him of course um, not to mention the uh, you know how to be a man and uh, how to how to be at least somewhat wise and make good decisions so thanks pop if you're listening so we I sent an email and I probably mentioned it maybe two months ago, I sent an email to JJP about alternative code that they might issue and how they might do that. I asked for, essentially I asked them to release code that would make the game a little easier, right? And I did not get a response, unfortunately. Um, But I was watching a streamer by the name of NS Pinball. That's twitch.tv slash NS Pinball. He does JJP games. So he has a Pirates Collectors. He has a Wonka Collectors. And he's a really cool guy, and he's always on Pinside helping people out. So he's a really neat guy, real nice dude. He's out in Texas, I believe. Um, excuse me. And he streams pinball. So he uh, he's a really he's a really informative guy. So on his stream, he was mentioning how to turn the settings, how to change the settings on Wonka, right? How to make it easier. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I started looking into it. I got into my menus in in the game and. I realized it was pretty simple, right? You just have to change the settings on the mode progression. So I did that. I made the mode completions easier. And um, 
what happened next was pretty awesome in fact so the I made the most mode completions pretty easy right so I made them I mean if I'm talking like 1 to 10 10 being the hardest I probably made it to like a 4 as opposed to a 10 all right so I probably reduced the difficulty of the game by 50 to 60 percent and so I played a game and immediately I was into the second wizard mode um, which is Wonka's office I believe so I did Oompa Loompa wizard Wonka's office wizard we did um, Secret Machine Wizard, and I want to say Ransom Wizard mode, which is kind of a sub-wizard mode. And so I was able to see like a nice majority of the game pretty quickly. And I'm not kidding when I say this, those wizard modes are fantastic. So I don't want to give much away, but the Wonka's office is just amazing. It's so well done. The lighting shifts from side to side, dark to light. And I just really liked it. The Super Secret Machine has no relation to the movie at all, that mode. It's just kind of a weird, funny musical mode where, you know, you have to hit the shots and everything else, and, and just the music is kind of weird, and the idea of the mode doesn't make much sense, but it's kind of cool. Um, I guess the super secret machine is a big deal in the game, right? So, not so much in the movie. All it does is make the gobstoppers, and they kind of go through that machine in about five minutes of the movie, so... Um, and then the ransom mode is really interesting. I, I didn't understand it at all. Again, another mode that doesn't have much connection to the movie, so not a lot of theme integration there, but it was kind of cool. I think it might have been my favorite one. It was just quirky and weird, and I like modes that are creative and weird. So for that reason, I'm really, really happy with my adjustment. I, I don't regret it at all. I don't regret m going from one golden ticket in a year of ownership to three. I think I got three golden tickets in that first game after reducing the uh, difficulty. So it was, a, it was a good time, and I got to see the game that I purchased and I got to see the game that I've been hoping to see since I bought it last July so um, cheers to that man maybe JJP will release that mode but in the meantime I have a way thanks to NS Pinball's informative stream that I can modify the difficulty and achieve the game and have fun with it so all right so what's taken me so long to get back on I've been super busy um, planning uh, these projects and doing all this work but uh, also um, we have heist in the building, so I apologize for delaying this this podcast so so long. But it's been a week, and I've had heist. It was delivered last Tuesday, I believe. And let me just say this: so front to back, FedEx comes, they drop the, the machine off on my front doorstep. I got Lexi Lightspeed and heist game modules, right? So there it is, this beautiful box with another smaller box on top. And I get it into my house, and I'm able to accomplish the first two legs right on the machine and my buddy James comes over and helps me get the other legs on. We set the game up, it's heist, it's ready to go, and the moment of truth arrives. And so we flick the game on, everything's different, you have to select the app from the main screen when you turn the game on. So it's a very different system, right? So I do that, start this game up, and the first thing that hits me is the sound, man. The sound on this game is insane like the speaker system that p3 has is superior in every respect to every game i've ever owned um so i'm really grateful that they spent a little extra money on giving you something substantial there um secondly the weight of this machine is i don't think i've ever lifted a machine heavier than this game um and when you lift up the play field and you see the cabinet you understand why it's pretty much double layered plywood on the sides because of the way they set up the railing for the play field but of course the playfield is metal, the TV, the monitor, everything else. And these playfield modules are humongous and heavy. 
So the cabinet and the back box are really, really heavy, really, really nice, very, very substantial, very well-crafted, well-made. I, I was very impressed. Um, they give you powder-coated rails, powder-coated lock bar, powder-coated legs, all black, all nice and sleek. Um, very, very nice. So I was immediately struck by the substantial cabinet, substantial build quality that P3 has. So let me go over my notes. I did create a two-page, two-page overview of P3. All right, so first note says high quality. My note says heavy as hell. So I noticed that the plexiglass on the flipper devices and uh, the playfield protector, of course, the the actual plexiglass that the ball rides on top of is really thick. I want to say it's 3 8 It's really thick. Um, very, very heavy. Um, let's see, powder coating on the rails. Okay, so in this new game, this new production uh, of P3, I guess 2020 production models, they are sending Heist with an LCD back box, okay? So before, Multimorphic would send you, let's say, Lexi Lightspeed, and it would have a translight system in the back box. This year, and from now on I suppose, they're sending you the game with an LCD back box, alright? So every game you put on, it, the LCD will present the game instead of having to switch translate out. So that's a real upgrade. And they didn't charge a nickel extra for it. The price has been $99.95 forever, right? I got, the, I got it for that price. So with this new price, for Heist, they're giving you the game and the LCD back box. So you're really getting a lot more value this time around. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And the LCD screen, when you turn this game on, is really, really clear. Um, I owned Waz and I owned Wonka. And I can't say that the picture clarity on Waz or Wonka are any better. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that P3 is better. Okay, let me just say it. P3's quality, the picture quality on their LCD back box screen is better. It's just higher. It's higher resolution. And I, I'm not even sure what it is. I think it's 720. I, I don't believe it's 1080. No, I think it's 1080. I, I'm sorry. I think Gary or Jerry made it clear that it was 1080 but not 4K, okay? So um, that's kind of the resolution we're dealing with. And it just really, really looks good. So um, the picture quality. So I'm, I'm really impressed. I was very, very pleased with that. Um, and the actual game presentation on the LCD back box is not a fixed image. It will follow the game and the progress of the player. So it's nice because the whoever's watching the game can watch the game on the on the back box instead of having to lean over the player and watch it on the play field, on the LCD play field. So that's kind of cool. Alright, so next, this game has chrome balls, man. So when I got Willy Wonka from JJP last year, I pulled the balls out to clean them with some alcohol and I noticed that they were already chipped and cracked and pretty nasty looking pinballs. So I replaced them. I don't want my playfield getting scarred up by some junky pinballs, right? So I did that. P3 comes with these beautiful shining chrome pinballs. Very, very nice upgrade. They didn't have to do it, but they did. Obviously, other manufacturers don't. So that's a that's just nice. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I may be down, down the road. Um, oh, here it is. It's in my notes. Excuse me. There are 15 balls in this game. 15 chrome pinballs at, what, $3 a pop? That's 50 bucks with the balls almost, right? 15 balls though, man. I'm amazed. This game is freaking loaded. 15 balls in one game, okay? That's not to say that they're all active on the on the playfield at once. Let's I'm not saying that. But the idea that this system runs that way and functions with 15 balls and has a need for them, it kind of gives you a little bit of insight into how immersive and how complex the game is. 
Any game that would mandate 15 balls because of the amount of VUKs on the game, the bucks on the game, that are literally everywhere in Heist, um, it's just impressive. So it shows you, it demonstrates the complexity of the game without even turning the switch of the game on, right? You're not even turning the game on. Any game that requires that many balls, it's just obviously very complex. Uh, the art on the game uh, is very, very vivid, beautiful, very colorful, very bright. I really, I really like it. I think it's a high-quality um, magnet labels that they created, so you can swap them in and out. That's really cool. All right, let's go into Heist. So I watched some streams of Heist, and I thought it looked really, really fun. It's, ha it's got three flippers, of course. Um, so I turned the game on, and let's just say this. This game is a lot of fun, right? It's, it's pure unique pinball. It's nothing like you've ever played, and it's exceptionally fun. First things first is the ramps. On the left side of this play, of this playfield module for Heist is a juicy, gigantic ramp, so you can't really miss it. You can backhand it, you can, you know, you can left or right flipper uh, make this ramp no problem, okay? So it's a very simple ramp, very easy, very satisfying, I love it. The right ramp, however, is much more difficult um, and just harder to find, so it's kind of like uh, what? Name a game. Uh, Roadshow. Right ramp, very hard. Left ramp, impossibly easy. I like when there's an easy ramp and a hard ramp. I don't know. It just adds um, a unique... Not, maybe not so unique. Let's just say it just adds an element of when you want the easy shot, you can have it. When you want the hard shot, go for it. Good luck to you. Um, Alright, so what is Heist, right? So it's a game based on a theme of this group of people who you assemble and then you go rob the, the rich guy, the bad guy. Um, but you never think that the way that they're going to create the playfield would be so, so intriguing. And, and when I say that, I mean this playfield is hiding the ball left and right, and you never know when the ball is going to come out and where. Um, there's magnets here and there. I think they're in the back bottom level of the playfield, but they stop the ball and they seize the ball and they return the ball to the underside of the playfield, while the ball is then ejected from a different part of the playfield through a buck. Okay, the the type of diversion that's on this game. I can only liken unto a John Papadou game, okay? Only John Papadou created this, this sort and magnitude of ball diversion through the use of magnets and diverters. And I'm just going to say that this game does it as well or better than John Papadou. Every time you hit the ball and it, it disappears, even for a moment, you're not sure if it's gone and if it's going to come out somewhere else very, very quickly. So the heist games, of course, have the capability to really send balls all over the map because there's so many bucks. On heist, I believe, besides the scoops, there are four bucks in the playfield module, okay? Uh, that's a lot. Um, you might see two on a typical game, right? So to double that and to have the game erupting balls where you don't even expect them because there was no ball put there in the first place is really cool, all right? Just try to play this game. Try to get your hands on one, and you'll see what I mean. It's really satisfying to shoot a ball up the left ramp, have it disappear behind some diverter back there, and then have it pop up on the right side of the playfield. I just think that's cool. I just think the ball shifting and, and sort of being transmitted underneath the playfield mysteriously and magically and, and instantly is one of the coolest things about Heist, and I really appreciate that sort of ingenuity and innovation. I have not seen any sort of diversion like that on any Stern game. The only thing I can say that comes close to it is Rick and Morty, the garage shot portal. All right, the portal is the instant return to the left flipper, right? So you hit it through the portal in the upper play field. There's already a ball stage down there by the by the Vuck that returns the ball to your left flipper. It's that simple. It's just the ball's already ready. You don't have to wait for it to return via subway. The same applies with Heist, except it's four of them. And it's literally everywhere. So 
they just multiplied it, okay? And I just I just love it. I freaking love it. The magnets again are just perfectly placed. They're hidden, so you don't know when this ball is not going to come back through the loop. You just know that once in a while it will. And of course, as you get to know the game, you realize when it's going to disappear and when it's not. Uh, but I just think it's amazing. I love I love when the ball hits a loop and then doesn't doesn't return because it, it has found a magnet and the magnet has disappeared the ball. Really, really cool. Really cool. So there's one pop bumper on Heist and it pops to targets. Um, kind of like in Wizard of Oz in the upper right side of the playfield. A little pop up there that return, you know, hits the targets or goes through the inlanes. That's kind of cool. They have that in Lexi Lightspeed as well, except there's three pops on that game. Um, the RGB lighting is pretty neat. I will say this, there's not enough inserts on the playfield module to really judge it. Uh, so the lighting is a little sparse and let, let's just say that is one of the cons on the game. There is very sparse lighting. I think the majority of the lighting they expect you to, to get from the LCD screen playfield, which I understand. So there's there's limited lighting, but the actual plastics and everything that are lit up, the, the, the cityscape is very well lit. It's just on the playfield itself, there are no inserts. There's like four inserts, I think. So it's very limited. I wish there were more, but uh, we have the game that we have. It's no big deal. All right, so the plastic cityscape, right? So the molded plastics, it's not cheap. It's very nice. It's very detailed, and the lighting behind the windows in the cityscape and the lighting that's created through the sort of siren and spotlight effect that they've they've sort of programmed is really really something so go to watch the stream if you can but i was amazed um, that in person it looks better than it did on the stream it looked pretty darn cool on the stream so very very impressed um all right so the takeaways after owning the game what do i what do i take away I've never been more impressed with something in pinball than I am with the scoop wall system that P3 has. Because it gives every game the chance to be really creative and really unique, and they, they use it so well. The scoop wall system, if you didn't know, there are seven scoop walls that pop up between the LCD screen and the playfield module. So they are the border, if you will, between those two units and those two portions of the game, okay? And they pop up under programming, right? And it could be a wall or it could be a scoop. I just think it's really neat that they have the freedom to implement that sort of a system on the P3 as they wish, as they deem appropriate, and as they deem fits each individual game. And I'll say on Lexi, it's a lot more well used than on Heist currently. But on Heist, it's really prominent. It's really, really fun. And, and just, it's like nothing you've ever seen. And I say that a lot about P3. So P3 is just like nothing I've ever played in a very, very good way. Um, the music on Heist was way better than I thought it would be. I, I didn't like it when I saw it on the stream, and I made it very clear in the thread on P3 that I didn't like it, and I asked that they change it. I guess I was being pretty bold, wasn't I? I think it's pretty audacious, and maybe I must have been drunk or something if I said, you guys ought to change the music. But um, when I got the game and I turned it on, I actually liked it. I think that the music was well done, and again, the sound quality is really, really high. I think there could be some variation added to the music if they had a chance to go back around and do it. And I would probably hope that they would. Because music does get repetitive. Um, you know, go look at Wonka. Uh, I think that that's a very repetitive theme music that they've created. And I wish it would be a little more varied. But maybe that's just a normal complaint for any game that's not provided with a 12-song soundtrack like Iron Maiden. Um, but moving on. Um, let's see. So the base, it's funny, I'm having a problem with the subwoofer on my game. I'm dealing with it with multimorphic support. They're helping me. I think my sub might be blown. Uh, but the base is really, really heavy on the game. It's very, very 
it's very impressive, very pronounced. Um, the bass actually gives a shaker effect to the game because it's, it's hitting so hard, so I kind of like that. Um, the sound in the backbox speakers up front is very, very high quality. I've never heard backbox speakers like that. Uh, the clarity and the volume that they give you is pretty impressive. So when you finally get around to playing it, stick your ear on the back box and listen to the game. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll be shocked about how how well it hits and how how clear the sound is. It's better. It's better. Um, okay, hold on a sec. I gotta change this music, man. Let's go to the first track. Sepultura. All right, so next. LCD is crystal clear. I said that before. Um... The, one of the cool things about the P3 is if you play it in the dark, it's 100% visible. Not so with many games of, of today. Um, a lot of people are buying, you know, pin stadiums, $300 and $400 light systems for their $6,000 pinball machines because they're not well lit. I myself have illuminated many games with spotlights and back box lighting and back panel lighting because they're poorly lit. Um, let's see, Wizard of Oz needs spotlights and it has them. You need to buy better bulbs for that game, of course. Iron Maiden, I bought spotlights and installed them. I have four total that I installed on that game. Judge Dredd, I put like four spotlights on that game, plus trough lighting and plus uh, shooter lane lighting. So this game needs none of that. It's beautifully lit. The LCD provides plenty of light, very reflective, and, and I just can't believe how beautiful the game is in the complete darkness. It's, it's better to play in the dark with this game than it is in the light because of the illumination that the LCD screen provides. And I'm shocked about how much... I just... I'm shocked about how well it works. I thought that the LCD would be too bright and kind of blow out the game, right? To be, like, white out the game or just wash the game out. You wouldn't be able to see the ball, right? Because it would look like a shadow. It would be hard to play in the dark, but it's not at all. It's exceptionally... Just It plays exceptionally well in the dark, and it's not difficult. My father, who has terrible eyes, came over the other day and said, I can't believe how easy it is to see the ball in this game. And he's 63 years old, uh, and he said, man, this is amazing. I had an 88-year-old grandfather come over and play the game, and he had no trouble finding the ball in complete darkness. So this game is probably the best-lit game I've ever seen, especially right out of the box. Very, very impressed. All right, so Heist has a straightforward rule set. Very simple. I think it's like Lexi. Very simple, very straightforward. I like that. Uh, it's not like a JJP where you're sort of wondering and sort of discovering as you go through 150 games or 200 games. I really like that feature. Um, it's nice, especially in light of the fact that the system is so brand new and unique. It would be a little, a little overwhelming to have a very challenging and weird uh, esoteric or cryptic rule set on a game that's already kind of unique and strange and, 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 and eclectic to begin with. So it's because it's just so novel, right? So they're not bombarding you with weirdness, right? They're giving you a little bit of the weird and fun and new, and they're giving you a little bit of the standard, straightforward rules for your enjoyment and your immediate discovery of the game that they want you to enjoy. Um, this game isn't missing anything. I, I put a note there, not missing anything. What would I add if I could add anything to Heist? I don't know if I'd add anything. I think it's pretty complete. The code probably, maybe the code. Uh, maybe I'd fatten up the code just to give the scoop wall more to implement the scoop wall more, okay, increasing the number of times you access the scoop wall. But that might be it. And maybe my thoughts will change in the next three months, of course. I change my mind a little bit here and there. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, the playfield module. So you get this playfield module that's already set into your game when you buy a single game from P3. Okay, it's already in there. I pulled this game out 
and that build quality on the Playfield module is amazing. It's heavy. It's extremely heavy. I think Heist is like 40 pounds or 35 pounds. Anyway, you pull it out, you have a good close look at it. What do you notice? I'm noticing that the ramps are thick. They're thicker steel. They're thick. I, I, I think Stern, the, the gauge on their ball guides is thin. I, I've seen them very, very closely. And the gauge on P3 Multimorphic ball guides is thicker. I was shocked to see that, in fact. Um, even on JJP, it's a little heavier build that they use. It's thicker than JJP. It's a heavier build. It's a more substantial, well-built machine, at least on the module end of things, than JJP, which I found shocking. Because I think that JJP builds heavy-duty games that are meant to take a beating, and they last, and they stand the test of time, because they put more money and, and effort into designing durable games. So, Playfield module, exceptionally well built. Very, very impressed. Um, the screen interaction. I think that the screen interaction, the way that they have the infrared sensors on this game is pretty miraculous for pinball. It's one of those things where you're like, this is almost worth the price of admission. It knows where the ball is at all times. And you hit targets that are on the LCD screen that are animated. They're animated targets. And it knows when you hit them and then the, the target will blow up or whatever. It'll be destroyed. The box will be crushed, right? When you run your ball over it. I was hoping that that would be how the game was and how they built it, but I didn't know. I never saw that. And now that they have that screen interaction, that sort of animation interaction with your ball, I couldn't be more happy. I just can't believe how well done, uh, how well they did it, and how well they integrated that screen with the actual game and the ball detection system that Multimorphic had so cleverly crafted. Um, my, a couple more points here, and then we'll sign off, because this is getting a little long here, this P3 review, man. It's getting long. Uh, my kids love it. I think the enhanced, the, the video screen is kind of right up their alley. It it hits a child in such a way that it's more relatable to them because all they do is video games and television and tablets nowadays, right? So it's a video game and a pinball game all combined into one and, and the kids love it. So it's a perfect benefit. I think they do miss Wizard of Oz, but, um, but I think they like P3 better. Honestly, my son is in love with Lexi Lightspeed. And I'm going to do a review on Lexi later. I just kind of dedicated this one to Heist. Um, we really need one of these at the museum. And I told Jerry I was hoping that the museum would pick one up from him very, very soon. I'll do my best to lobby for that purchase uh, next time I get a chance to talk with uh, some of the powers that be at the museum. But I think that this, this game needs to be at the museum. I want everybody who comes to the museum to play it. I think it'll change a lot of minds. People will understand what it is. Because right now, I don't believe anybody understands what it is. And I think once you play it, you get it. You understand what it is. And you, you understand what they were trying to accomplish. And in my mind, I think that they fully accomplished it. I, I'm actually shocked. I, I did not think that I would be that impressed with Lexi. And again, we're going to get into that game later. All right, so my final note, and this is sort of falling into the cons category, which I will get into next. But my final note is when you buy a P3 and when you play it, you see that this game is not a Pat Lawler game. It's not an Elwin game. It's not a fully populated playfield. They didn't want it to be, they didn't mean for it to be, it's not what it is. What it is, is something completely different. And something completely novel. And a piece of pinball that is more innovative than anything we've seen in the, in the past 10 years. And I appreciate that for what it is. So while I love Lawler and I love Elwin as designers, I think they're excellent designers. I do know, I know that that's not what they do. They don't build this type of game. 
And so for these guys, P3, to come out and do this and just make no bones about it, that this is not your normal pinball machine, but it is a pinball machine, is transparent and, and honest. And I appreciate what they're doing and how they're communicating it. Um, so that's my final note in the pros category. So cons. What are the cons of this game? So one of the cons, I think, or at least I got a list here, one of the first ones is the feel of the flippers. It takes a minute to get used to, all right? And everybody's probably said this who's played a P3. The flippers feel very light. The button press, the button push is very light. It's kind of like an old Williams game with the, what do they call those? Fliptronics, right? They had the plastic uh, resistor in there that you press, and it was very easy to press the button. So the same goes here. P3, you literally barely, it's like a feather touch on the button before the flipper's activated. There is no flipper delay, so that's good. Um, one interesting thing is the ball guides are connected to the flipper actuators, all right? So the flippers are literally part of the ball guides via plexiglass connection, the mechanical connection. What does that mean? It means that when your ball is on the ball guide, rolling down towards your flipper, all right? Picture this. Your ball's on the ball guide, rolling down towards a flipper. You hit the flipper. Because it's connected to that ball guide, literally connected mechanically to it on a linkage, the energy from that flipper hit transfers to the ball. So the ball will jump off the ball guide. It takes a minute to get used to, so you can't just do random flips when you're not ready to hit the ball, right? So a lot of people are used to flipping their flippers just randomly or just in preparation for their shot. Can't really do that here unless you want your ball to jump a little bit and kind of lose a little bit of control. So it took me a minute to get used to that. I will admit, I don't consider it a con, I just consider it a difference that you have to get used to, but I'm putting it here because some people wouldn't like that. Uh, second, the second button for the upper flipper. The right upper flipper is not operated on the same button as the lower right flipper, as with every other game ever made, at least from what I know. Every game with upper flippers is operated on the same flipper buttons as the lower flippers, right? Here, not so. P3 has built a game where the upper right flipper is operated on a separate button, so you have to basically lean your index finger up the up the cabinet a bit hit that second button to operate that second or third flipper excuse me that takes some getting used to I because I don't know what I think about it I think it's negative maybe I'll change my mind one benefit to it though is that if you're holding a ball down low and you want to use that flipper up top you don't have to jeopardize your your hold down down below right so you can hold your ball down below and still whip away at the upper right flipper on a loop or whatever you got without jeopardizing, losing control of the balls down below. I think that's a good, that's a benefit, but overall it might not have been a good idea. Maybe they'll program a, an adjustment on this game to where you can hit your all your flippers with all your right side flippers with the same button. Maybe Jerry will do that. Maybe I'll ask him to do that. He's a very cool guy, by the way. I'll get into this to the service that they offer in a minute, but... Moving on to cons. Possible depth problems. I mentioned it's a simple game. I think it might be pretty shallow. I'm not sure. I have not even reached nearly any, any wizard mode yet. So, But I've played probably 200 games on Heist and uh, to maybe 100 games on Lexi. I have not seen anywhere near the end of either game. So, But obviously I'm not very good and I'm still getting used to this the shot pattern on each game. Um, Alright, so next, the cons. I think the menu system on on p3 is it, it's it leaves you wanting and, and i think because it's kind of confusing it's not very intuitive uh number one number two there's multi levels of menus so the game menu is not the system menu if that makes sense your lexi lightspeed or your heist game that game menu 
is not the same as the P3 Multimorphic System menu, which to me is really weird, and I think, uh, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. So I'm adding that as a con here, because it's not like normal, right? Um, takes some getting used to, but I, I, in time I may, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just takes, it's going to take some getting used to. Um, so you know how JJP has these perfectly set up menus that have every single detail subject to adjustment, subject to your audit, etc. That's not how this is. This is very, uh, let's say, puzzling when you when you try to access it. Um, and maybe I'm exaggerating, but I'm just saying it's just it's abnormal. So that's what you got. <laughs> Another con: the head bolts. The head bolts, right? The system is black powder coated. They give you head bolts that are galvanized. Galvanized hex nuts for your head bolts. So your head bolts clash with your powder-coated, beautiful powder-coated rail system and mounting system for your back box LCD. I don't know why they would do that. They got black bolts for the, uh, or excuse me, black legs, black rails, black bit, black lockdown bar, and silver head bolts. Doesn't match. It's kind of a bummer. Another and the final con I would say is it's got kind of an unfinished cabinet. When I say that, I don't mean it's bare plywood. I mean it sort of looks like it's primed and painted but certainly wood, uh, not MDF or, or melamine or anything like that, like JJP kind of does. And um, I don't know, I don't know if I like that. So the front of the cabinet where the coin door is, is unfinished, it's painted, but it's not coated with anything. So you see wood grain on there and there's no decal obviously. So I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like the button on the left side, the start button, it's an old style start button. It's a small kind of tall, but small in diameter start button, one of those old school ones. I don't, I don't really like that. I like the bigger ones that Stern and JJP now use. Um, so yeah, that's my cons list. You know, one thing I forgot to add when I was describing this machine was that there is no shooter lane. There's no shooter lane on Multimorphic, which does not take any getting used to. It's literally the coolest thing ever. The ball comes out of nowhere, comes to your, directly to your flipper via ramp. It's freaking cool, man. I think more games need to do this where the game is storing the balls in, an, in a totally new system, such as P3, which if I didn't go over it before, the balls are stored in the upper third of the playfield. The balls are not stored in trough near your flippers at the bottom of the playfield. The balls are diverted via a piping system when they drain all the way to the back of the playfield there in the back third. So it's really cool. The balls are all stored back there in a, in a pan. And uh, so they, they come from there when you hit ball launch. So really, really neat feature. I can't get over how, how unique and cool that is. It's just really cool. My final note is a, a note on multimorphic customer support. These guys respond within hours to every issue I've had. And I've had a couple issues. I won't go into detail now, but just a few issues. My sound is problematic. I have a little ball trough or a scoop wall issue that I'm currently dealing with. And um, one of the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi card was interfering with the sub. So I had to pull it. And so we had these issues and I was literally on the email with Jerry the owner who responded to my support email. So this guy really cares and I really, I'm grateful that he is so involved and cares so much about each and every one of the buyers and customers that he has, um, that he's gained. I think he deserves as many sales as they can get. I hope they sell 10,000 of these. Obviously they won't, but I think it'd be really cool to see P3 really take off. And uh, it'd be very gratifying because I think that they work really hard over there. And I know they care a lot. I know they care a lot. I know they care more than JJP, and I'm, and I think JJP really does care. I just, I think that Multimorphic's got them beat. 
They're the ones waiting for their customers to email them and responding within hours. JJP takes a few days. Obviously, the volume's different, so you got to respect that. But on the same token, it feels good as a customer to buy a game, spend a lot of money on a game, and to be treated so well afterwards. I really, really love it. Oh, my gosh. That was a long one, right? 44 minutes? Oh, man. Thanks for putting up with me on this beautiful Wednesday morning. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your hump day. Work hard. Play hard. God bless you.